Hello, runners. Coach Bala here. Super excited to uh, present to you yet another episode of our podcast. And uh, this time, uh, we thought we will do something a little different. Uh, for those of you who are uh, here seeing this uh, for the first time or hearing this for the first time, we normally do these podcasts with uh, fellow runners, uh, past runners, runners in general, sort of understanding their uh, you know, running career, how they got into running, why they run, and uh, sort of understand and learn from their experiences. That's typically what our uh, topics for running uh, in, in these podcasts are. But as we uh, do multiple uh, seasons and as we get exposed to more and more amazing human beings who are also runners, we also see uh, the need for some topic-specific discussion, which we believe will, um, you know, help all of us. So it is with that, uh, uh, with this, with that logic, I thought that we, I will present this uh, week's uh, episode. And this is more like a fireside chat. You know, if we had, a, uh, if I was uh, lucky enough to have these four awesome uh, runners and friends uh, live, uh, what you should envision is we are sitting in front of a nice uh, uh, fireplace and just having a discussion about one topic that I really want to bring this, so I'm more a facilitator in this discussion. And that topic is about commitment and dedication. Now, one of the key ingredients for a successful long distance running, uh, I would say career over a multiple years is you need to train yourself to be committed and dedicated to the cause. Because uh, this uh, long distance training and long distance running is not for the lighthearted. What I mean is you need to be at it for extended period of time to enjoy the benefits and reap the rewards of uh, both physical and mental uh, sort of uh, development this awesome sport gives us. So those of us who are in our training program, uh, you would know that we measure commitment and dedication by every three weeks, every meso cycle. The coaches provide a quantitative and qualitative review of your sort of running experience or your training experience, not just running. As you know, training is not just running, it's running and strength training. And we give a quantitative rating on a scale of one to five. Uh, a 5.0 means you are just walking on water. That means you have pretty much done everything that you're expected to do. Note, speed is not what we are measuring. What we are measuring is commitment and dedication to actually doing the training program without fail for extended period of time. Now, so you can imagine getting 5.0 in just one three-week meso cycle is a huge deal. Managing and planning everything in life and making sure you don't miss a single element of training for three consecutive weeks to get a 5.0 in one meso cycle is a big deal. But you know what is a bigger deal? Is actually doing that for the entire season, which has got four meso cycles and a couple of warm-up weeks as well, and do and missing nothing for the entire six weeks, 16 weeks of the training program and getting a fight auto across the entire season. Now that requires a tremendous amount of commitment and dedication. But guys, I never said that I am with regular, uh, you know, sort of human beings here. I am with amazing human beings here. So there are some folks in our uh, Runners High community who have, who have perfected this art and signs of getting a 5.0, not just in one season, but multiple seasons. Or in other words, this is, this is the team that I'm with, a team of special runners, 
who have mastered that and who have been with Ranasai for three, four, five seasons now, and they have got a perfect score across seasons. Now, that is sort of the gold standard of commitment and dedication, ladies and gentlemen. So I thought I will have a chat with these guys to, as I said, maybe once you can do it, but doing it for season after season after season, there has to be a science and an art to getting this done. So I thought let's, let's get into that, uh, have the discussion with them and let us see how they manage to do that. How do they go about aligning all the ducks in, uh, in order and execute on fine auto? So without much further, uh, you know, sort of ado, let me uh, call upon them and let's make, let's introduce them first. Uh, how about we start from uh, on the right, Coach Suja, please uh, a quick introduction about yourself, how, how long you've been in, uh, with Ranazai and maybe what you're doing right now and where do you reside, please go ahead. Sure. Thanks, Bala. Um, so I started uh, with Runners High in uh, season three. That was 2020, January, I think. Um, whenever that was. But uh, now we are in season nine. So I, this is my seventh season, um, you know, in a row continuously. And um, it's been an exciting journey. I didn't realize I would go this far, but, you know, it's happened. So amazing. That's me. Seventh season, six seasons of 5.0. And uh, where are you from? Like, where do you reside right now? And what are you? Oh, at? sorry. So I'm uh, from uh, Westford, Massachusetts, uh, in the Northeast. So, you know, our weather changes by the minute. And, uh, but we plan for it. Awesome. And you're training for a half marathon this season, correct? This season, I'm training for a half. Amazing. Okay, let's start. Let's go to the, the lady from New Jersey. How about you? Let's make quick introduction, please. Hi. So I am Veena Mistri. Um, I have, this is my fourth season and this season I have enrolled for 10K speed run. And uh, yeah, from the first season itself, you know, it's been an amazing journey and just loving it more and more every season. I mean, and best coaches and best team I've been, you know, uh, working with. So yeah, that's, that's incredible. We now four seasons of Fine Auto Plus, uh, a fourth season plus of Fine Auto. Awesome. So before I come to the gentleman here, let's uh, let's uh, let's go to the lady from Houston. Please go ahead. Hello, everyone. I am Sonali Ultikar. I am based out of Texas, a Houston suburb called uh, Sugarland. This is my fourth season with RHWB. Um, I started with season six. I've, I did for uh, two half marathons, and last season I did a five k speed program, which I loved. Uh, and for this season also, I've signed up for a five k speed. Awesome. Four seasons again of. Uh, five or two. So guys, four seasons means two years. That is two years straight away. That means two years of continuous training. And in, Suba, in uh, Suja's case, it's three years of continuous training. What's the story with you, uh, Raghu? This is my sixth season. Uh, and of course, I just follow my better half there from Westford. I live in Westford and uh, she's a big inspiration for me in terms of getting things done. Um, I'm doing my... Uh, I've all I've only done half marathons all my all these and this this season I'm doing the speed half marathon. Um to add everything else is the better half. Awesome. Two Massachusetts runners, one Houston runner, and one East Coast New Jersey runner. We have it all. We have it all, the entire East Coast. So it's not one thing, one immediate uh, insight here is Fight Auto is not region specific. That's something we can clearly say. It can come from any part of the world. And there are a few other runners who come from other parts of the world, literally. And they also have multi-season fight auto. We started off with these four. 
So coming back to uh, the, the, the theme of this podcast, uh, the way I wanted uh, to discuss this, guys, is that let me break this art and science, as I said, of hitting multi-season fight auto or being committed and dedicated to the ideal limit into three parts. Let's discuss, uh, let's have this discussion. <laughs> One is, I believe that to get a 5.0, you need to know how to plan your work and go about working your plan. That is, you need to know how to plan and then how to execute. You've got to do that. So let's have that discussion about how do you go about doing that. Uh, then we uh, kind of remove that hat and take the second hat, which is let us discuss about, I'm sure, as you look through the season, you will have some roadblocks uh, road that you would expect, that you would definitely expect some roadblocks. So how do you go about figuring out which one is a roadblock and how do you go about kind of negotiating those roadblocks to continue to deliver this fight out of performance across multiple seasons? So let's have that discussion. And I'm sure in the, as a third part, I'm sure in the last four years or two years plus, you would have had unexpected roadblocks as well that you never thought of, but it just fell into your lap. And how do you go, how did you go about sort of managing that situation? So I guess if you have this discussion across these three spectrum, we would cover the art and science of having that fight auto. Okay. Um, so with that, let's start with Sonali. What are your thoughts on the first question? How do you go about planning your work and working your plan? All right. So essentially planning starts right from when you sign up for the season. So for that, you have to know yourself, what you're capable of and your situation. And that's the first stepping stone to success. Once that is done, I think it's um, important to decide what your goal for that season is. Um, for example, for my first season, my, my goal was plain and simple. I just wanted to be able to complete the season without um, having any major injuries, finish the final run and be in a position to celebrate it. Um, one thing I felt uh, I found that was helpful was if you're comfortable with it, it helps to publish your goal to someone who can hold you accountable. It could be your friends who have similar goals, or it can be someone whom you respect and you know will not take you for granted, will not take for granted, right? So I remember for my second season, I wanted to hit a particular time for my half marathon, and I told Coach Suja, uh, you know, that I wanted to you know do this for this goal, and the, her first reaction was, "We'll make it happen." So, you know, and, and that I think kind of gives you that extra boost. Uh, then comes the fun part, the prep work, um, getting the right watch, the right clothes, and most importantly, the right shoes. Fortunately, we have a plethora of information and resources on the RHWB website. But even before the website was up and running, all the coaches and senior runners shared an amazing amount of um, information and guidance on how to get ready for the season. Um, then the real fun starts, right? The first two warm-up weeks were very helpful in figuring out what um, what's working, what's not working. Um, I used to review the plan for the upcoming MISO cycle to see what kind of runs and exercises are assigned so that if you need something, right, say be it exercise bands or if you have a hill run coming up, then that gives you a chance to identify the possible location for it. I mean, you know, I'm based out of Houston and it's pretty much flat here. So we had to kind of plan for that. Uh, the next is then planning on a weekly basis. And this is especially important um, when you have family commitments, be it kids or anyone else who depends on you. Um, so in my case, it was, uh, you know, me and my husband would plan on a weekly basis, depending on our work schedule and the weather about who would go in the morning, who would go in the evening, 
we also uh, put our personal commitments or appointments kids activities and social commitments on a shared calendar so then at least we are not caught off guard on you know at least on things that we were aware of yeah. um one thing that helped to us while planning the run schedule always consider the time required for the pre and the post run routines so that includes the warm up and then you know the post run stretching etc uh so now that you know all the planning and all is done but when you know the time comes to execute it right um so i think before heading out for any run or starting any workout it's important to read the instructions before you begin a run so that you know you don't make uh, you know mistakes because i myself have made that like doing six strides instead of eight and then have it later pointed out right um so uh, i think uh, one thing i feel that whatever we want to adopt as a long term lifestyle it's uh, be it running or overall fitness try to turn it into a habit because you know none of us have unlimited will power right so if we turn some of those important things into a habit then we don't have to use that precious will power so often so uh, yeah i think that's those are some things i try to live by but awesome these are great points uh, such so, uh, any what, what like what would you add to that um very beautifully put sonali uh, you know so articulate about how to plan ahead right for before even the season starts and then how you think about it so i was thinking more along the lines of how do i plan my week so um the weather here changes so so quickly uh, and uh, you know we really have to plan for what, uh, what how when we can get things done um so for me um i draw a lot of inspiration actually i think from strava seeing my fellow runners so shrivatsan coach shrivatsan is here he usually gets his run done early in the morning that's my prime motivator like you know to see some some runs already there that gets me out and then even from new jersey coach indu and i know coach nine are all early morning runners so by the time i'm up i think i have that and um, oh the other thing i do even before is to make sure the previous day i set my clothes out i know what i'm going to wear the next day for the run so that way one thing is out right i'm not wasting time thinking it's there sitting there in front of me i just have to put it on and be ready to go wear the watch and go and make sure that my watch is always charged the previous night you know i always check that and make sure i put it in the charger um so um in terms of like just being ready for the run for the day for the week even i plan ahead and strength training is not my strongest it takes a lot of willpower for me to you know spend that time but i usually find once i get started it's not so bad it's just that i have starting trouble but i try to get that done first thing in the morning so the sooner i get this done i feel accomplished and my rest of my day you know i feel very positive about it the same thing with the run too right positive endorphins flowing so you get it done first thing in the morning it's checked off and secondly and you're feeling good about it through the day absolutely absolutely um veena you do agree to those thoughts <clears throat> Yep, I mean absolutely. Again, both you know Sonali Suja has put it very beautifully. So again, from my end, same thing. Like just make it a routine. So again, keep the same routine. It helps. Don't have to think too much. Get up, you know, wear your clothes, you know, go to running. And the times when I had like, okay, I had to fly. Like the last week, we were on vacation and everything. So I know the day I will be flying from morning to evening. Then I will like again check with coach. Like can I run like day before or day later? But I'll make sure like I plan it accordingly. I'm not missing it. So whenever it's changing, at least I know throughout the week what I need to do, and then adjust my routine. But yeah, pretty much like you know both of them said right. So plan it, know it in advance. It's easy to adjust. And again. then another thought is like always like we have 24 hours in the day so definitely like if we can take out like 1 hour two or whatever we need so that's like you know to ourselves right i know and like suja mentioned right feel good about it once you're done so you know it's okay and now check it out of our list and okay next day comes in so yeah. absolutely yep 
Like, don't accept your mind telling that hey, today it's difficult. I don't have time. Kind of a thing. You are saying, "What you can't do one hour for yourself?" I think you challenge yourself. I would say when when your mind is throwing that curveball, isn't it, uh, Vina? Exactly. Exactly. And uh, so, Raghu, what's your uh, sort of story? Yeah. I mean, I think uh, all the girls here have covered everything. I, I don't have anything special to add, but uh, only one particular. Uh, two things actually to highlight. One is the calendar point that Sonali <coughs> really helps. The calendar, if you have a family and if you have a calendar for the week, you look at the calendar, you plan your uh, week. And then secondly, I, what I have done, very dedicate yourself half an hour on a Sunday to plan for the coming week. Um, just half an hour. Okay, Monday to Saturday. How are you going to do this? This kind of prepare yourself in your mind especially with the strength training versus running strength training you know that uh, you don't have to go outside and do it it's all in the house so uh, what i have done and what has worked well for me is you plan your strength training easily and the running will of course running you have to go outside i don't prefer to run on the treadmill but that's where you're you know sometimes you get into the oh my god i have to run but it's going to be minus zero degrees and I have to run. But, uh, and as you have mentioned, uh, strength training is important. So the way I plan for is strength training on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, okay, even if you have to skip one day, how are you going to make, you know, how are you going to cover it? So that has helped me. Well, those are the things. <clears throat> very, very beautifully said. So when I listen to you guys, I see that you guys spend a lot. So if you think about the question I'd asked, Plan, execute. Those are the two sides of the, the coin. You guys have spent a lot of time making sure that the planning is sort of picture perfect so that execution is as easy as possible because you think of execution, some of the roadblocks of execution is can be removed by a better planning. That's really what I see when I hear from you. Now, on the, on the execution side, I guess the biggest roadblock as a coach I've seen or even as a runner I've seen is the inertia to get out and start. The starting inertia is a big uh, sort of, uh, so, I mean, Sonali, you have any thoughts on any strategies on how you get out that inertia out of the door? Yeah, I mean, how much ever you love running, right? There will be times where you just don't want to get up and go out. So a few things uh, help me, like, for example, how Coach Suja mentioned about, you know, keeping things ready. In my case, I'll dress up for a run well before time. So I'll keep the water bottle handy as and when get get time shoes laid out. So when the time comes, I just grab, you know, do my warm up, grab my stuff and then head out. So it takes a little less mental effort to break out of that um, inertia. And again, like she mentioned, I would also look at the Strava runs for other runners, especially the ones with whom I share some of these challenges, right? Be it time commitment or family commitments, etc. So that gives me that extra boost to go and finish my own run. Uh, long runs, especially, we uh, try to plan with friends so that that becomes a you know a, a fun part. Um, um, but you know, running with the plan, um, such as our RHWB program, has been truly a you know a, a truly iterative learning process. Uh, because as you go along, it helps you know it helps if you can identify what keeps you going. For example, I keep a custom playlist handy. So for some upbeat music, if I'm finding it a little dif difficult to keep going in that run, uh, I one thing that helped me was I uh, I try to take a mental note of all the benefits and good things I feel after finishing a run, a week, a miso, or a season. 
right? So it could be stamina improvement, improvement in overall mood or enthusiasm to do other challenging or non-interesting things. Um, and then I would also try to remember how bad I felt if I skipped something important just out of sheer boredom, you know, just because I didn't feel like it. So kind of thinking about those things helped me motivate, um, you know, to just go and do it wherever possible. And as long as, you know, it's not any extenuating circumstances or um, uh, that totally improves, uh, I mean, fight against inertia by remembering the both positive and negative of missing or doing it. And I think, Sita, you also have some strategies on like uh, hearing uh, and that type of yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, one of the habits I picked up, I think, is um, uh, starting listening to audio books. Actually, Coach Reader told me about this app called Libby, where you can connect your library card to your to this uh, to this app, and you can borrow audio books from your you know from the local library that you would have physically gone and borrowed books from. And that is fantastic. I have listened to so many books now. So that's another motivating factor, right? I could could be fiction, nonfiction. Actually, Coach Bala, I think we should start a page in our RHWB site for uh, book and podcast recommendations and yes, even you know, who recommended it so that you know we can follow somebody who has these recommendations not everyone's taste will be the same so we'll you know we'll uh, I think it'll be a good idea to, uh, to follow but books are a great way you know especially fiction you stop at an interesting point you want to know what's happening next the only time I listen to is when I run so I have to go out running, you know, to keep the story going or interesting podcasts, right? I get inspired tremendously by all these amazing um, uh, running podcasts. I listen to a lot of that. And uh, sometimes I play it loudly at home too. And everyone's asking me to stop it. So I tend to only listen to all these things while I'm running. So that's my huge uh, get out of the house factor. Absolutely. Phenomenal. What? I mean, golden nuggets. I, I started writing notes and then I realized that, I mean, you guys are dishing out the nuggets at such rapid pace that I'm not even able to keep up. But for the audience, let me summarize, guys, some of the, some of the things that really impressed me. First of all, uh, actually, you know what? Before I summarize, I want a, a sort of a question, a provocative question. When you start the season, do you guys shoot for a fight auto? Like, as in, is one of your goals to be a fight auto? Or it just happens because of your nature? Or you are like saying, no, 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 I want to be a fine auto. That's that's really what I want to be. What's your truthful answer to that question? Absolutely. I shoot for it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. right. From my end, yeah, I just, you know, make sure, yeah, I think I just want to do it. And I, wanna, I would feel guilty if I miss something. <laughs> yeah, you want the fine auto, basically. How about you? Is it safe? <laughs> <laughs> as well? Yeah, for my first season, uh, for my first season, I didn't even know that, you know, there is a scoring like that. It happened and it made me, you know, realize how good I felt. So I'm like, as much as possible, I, I should aim for it. Let's plan for success, right? Yeah. So. I'm sure, Raghu, it's the same for you too. For me, it has to be because my my wife is a 5.0. So <laughs> Yeah, no soup for you if you don't do your work for the day. Forget the dinner. Yeah. I mean, I mean it's no mean point. Okay. And this is something I truly believe in. If your goal itself is not dream worthy, then what's the point of setting a goal? You know, that's what I want to say. Like I tell my kid, shoot for the moon. Even if that doesn't happen, you are still like, you know, at least on top of the skyscraper, right? I mean, if your goal itself is like, okay, I'll try to do 80% of the runs. Then I mean, what's the point of having a goal? You can just as well not have any goal. and Just, just you know, let the luck take over, right? Shoot for the, I mean, the youngsters here, in the same vein, shoot for the Ivy League schools. 
you know that when you are getting out of schools don't come and don't say that no i i don't want to do that i don't know the i mean i used to i i am still in the admissions committee of my school the biggest reason why people don't get into an ivy league school is because they don't apply for the school think about that i mean which is interesting right if you don't even apply then you are definitely not getting it likewise if you don't even shoot for five or two you are not getting it simple right so you should first shoot for it and i'm glad that these four uh, stalwarts said that confidently yeah i should i go for it you know only when you go for it you will get a five out so that's my first golden nugget and i want you to be confident enough cocky in fact say that man i'll go for five out i'll not let it go that is <laughs> you know? and that's the first nugget that veena brought up nicely you got to be a little uh, you know should i say aggressive onto yourself you know what you can't spend one hour of your time on to yourself who the hell are you kidding be yourself i'm talking about if your body is giving out today its mind is painful i have multiple meetings i had to go to this travel all that is like bs reasons you know you got to just shut it down i think that's what veena does it i'm sure all these guys do it very well the second thing approach is this doesn't happen by itself you got to put some investment first that is where these uh, runners beautifully talked about using the resources given to you using your family's help planning before and thinking about what needs to happen you know and i'm i'm re- reading the instructions there's a reason why instructions are given to you if you don't read the instructions you're not getting fired auto because we are asking you to do five mile, you know five mile run and you go and do a three mile run because you just thought that's what you can do today because yesterday you did a three mile run great but you're not getting fired auto you know or you don't do the strength exercise you forgot that today was strength exercise and something else you just did that something else but you forgot the strength exercise because you didn't read, I, I'm, i'm these are not something that i'm imagining these are real cases where people have lost out of fire auto not doing the training and some man think now oh, what's the big deal in fire auto oh of course what's the big deal in getting ivy league school it's not that everybody who gets in ivy league school are the only ones who became a ceo but the thought process is you should get into ivy league school if you get it or not is a separate story but you should not self disqualify for getting a fire auto by not reading instructions and not putting the work first that's really the messaging and the other one that i really liked about use the motivating factors around you to reduce the friction of inertia whether it is looking at the strava profiles of of people that you respect whether it is telling before only to your coach or someone else that hey i'm shooting for this that gives you the intrinsic pressure motivation i call it and this it works beautifully in dieting you know i do this all the time when i want to go on a dieting i tell every tom dick and harry that i know that i'm going on a dieting only because next time i feel like eating something i know oh, should i've already told this guy i'm not going to eat this how will i eat this now that is the internal motivation i get there to break the inertia of dieting and running it same thing it happens so beautifully um the last thing i you know on the clear kpi i think sonali brought this up like how you want to shoot for the fight auto as one of the clean thing you should know what does fight auto mean to you you got to say why what it means to me you know unless you are clear about the goal and articulate the goal properly you will never get to that goal and if you think about like an example i'm just taking sonali as an example her goal was not to go and become a boston qualifier that was not her goal her goal was to complete it and be very like i think complete with a smile or something i think that was the word you used i think sonali right like really completed and feel great about uh, what i just did that was her goal achievable but it is still a little bit of a distant you know you need to work towards that so i guess those were the golden nuggets guys 
and beautifully said, let's talk about the next point. And this time I want to start with you, Raghu, which is, I'm sure, 16 week is a long time. Life will happen. Problems will happen. So talk to me about how do you sort of manage the expected issues and the red flags and the roadblocks that you normally hit in a season, let alone multi-season. So for, so when I look at this from a week weekly perspective, uh, and when you're looking at this e- ecosystem of uh, running, you know, there are so many people and you get inspiration from so some of the things that uh, I think flags, I would say is commuting to work, for example, you have to go to work three times a week. And, you know, and especially if I work in Boston, so I leave at uh, 6.37 in the morning and by the time I get back home, it's seven o'clock. Uh, so then you need to plan for that. I mean, that's a red flag, right? I mean, you come back tired, but still you got to get the things done. So simple things like, you know, maybe get up one hour early, which I don't do. My wife knows that. But then <clears throat> plan for it in the evening. Like, you know, stay one hour late. You're tired, but get it done. It's a 5.0. So uh, that's the thing. Uh, another thing that uh, a red flag is planning around kids' schedule, yeah. right? For example, you're taking your kid. In my, in my case, I take my, my son for tennis classes. And sometimes it's during the week. So if you're going to a club, there is a gym there. Your son is playing tennis. You can't come back home. So you take your, you know, you read the instructions, take uh, the few things. You have to take a band and a few things along with you. And in the gym, spend that half an hour doing your uh, your uh, uh, strength training. Uh, and while your son is hitting the ball, and yes. you get done. Uh, so... That's something. Those are the two, two items. And the third item that I had is boredom, of course. You have to deal with boredom. Uh, boredom um, and, and Coach Suja um, said that, well, you know, when you listen to, you, for me, more than podcast, music helps. So I, I kind of keep changing. If I tune to different kinds of music. And I, I ask people about, you know, music, what kind of music you're listening. And I, I always change up the music. So that way, you know, you're not bored while running. So, yeah, uh, I think I, these are the three major things that in my life I have seen with my experience uh, that seem to overcome that uh, the, the red flags and I'm able to conquer the 5.0. Absolutely. Meena? Yep, so again, very beautiful said, Raghu. So same, I mean, again, like, you know, working around here, you know, sometimes the office, you know, you had to go, you know, to get up early morning, 4 a.m. or whatever, then you come back late. So again, making sure, working around it, if you know what your schedule is, yes, you know, kind of plan it accordingly. Just don't be giving an excuse, okay, you know, like today I had to go, I, I, I woke up so many hours and I drove so many, and I have... I drive to New York almost like, you know, closer to New York, at least the whole internal. So I get stuck in the traffic like two hours. But again, that nothing kind of, you know, I make sure it doesn't, you know, give me an excuse like, oh, I, you know, now I drove, now I'm tired. No, like you have to discipline. All our excuses, period. That's it. Like, you know, whatever we can come up is an excuse. 
including time. I think it was my first season itself. I had uh, plantar fasciitis, so I would a little bit limp and I would, you know, mess in my coach. Like, okay, you know what? I don't think so I'll be able to do it, you know, work out this week. Maybe I'll have to stop soon. But he's like, okay, no problem. Like, keep continuing. But still, like, I think the motivation was so much like, no, 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 I need to keep continuing. I have worked through that plantar fasciitis, literally like limping sometimes and running, but making sure I'm not injuring is like really bad, but somehow managing. Then I had plantar wart also that also again was like painful but again I will try to adjust you know go to the doctor get the right shoes get the right soles like I have worked around all those with, with literally like weeks and weeks I had but again trying to work it around it and not just say oh okay I have this problem now what do I do okay let me just take a break no I made sure that everything whatever came deal with it figure out a way rather than giving an excuse like okay you know what now this is the problem now I had to quit it like no don't let reasons you know give up but you give a reason how I can go back and then keep continuing so those are yeah, a couple of my examples wonderful Suja um, so we're talking about like kind of expected uh, blockers in your schedule so um um what can I say in addition to what you all have already said? Um, yeah, mainly don't give in to excuses, uh, like Veena said, right? Don't, what, it, what you're coming up with is just an excuse. The first time you say, oh, okay, maybe I can't do today, then it becomes, you've lost the 4.5.2. And once you lose that, you go, I've already lost it. What's the big deal? Like, I'm okay to skip another run or a strength workout or whatever, right? Don't give room for that first excuse. Like, don't miss it. Make it happen somehow. Then you will uh, feel you'll kind of put that pressure on yourself to to make it happen then right it just becomes uh, automatic so that is uh, one thing and also uh, be very um, uh, uh, what do you say conscious or um, think about your hydration nutrition and um, uh, all that stretching and everything very conscious effort towards all of that so you prevent injury right if you are um, not, uh, if you treat your body well body will treat you well so you will be able to continue your schedule i feel plus one plus one sonali yeah, great points, right? Um, so uh, like commute, for example, Raghu mentioned, right? Commute, uh, even I have a long commute to work and I noticed that I observed that when I would be driving back from home, I would be really tired from exhaustion from driving so long. And then the overall enthusiasm kind of goes downhill from there. So then I started to, you know, keep some uh, fruits or healthy snacks with me. So, you know, on the way I could eat or right after coming home. So then, you know, I don't have that excuse about not feeling that great. Um, on long runs, I noticed that initially uh, I would not have any protein handy right after the long run. And then that, you know, it, it would manifest, right, in terms of it could be cramps or in general soreness. So I tried to follow some routine for the, especially after the long runs, it could be foam roller or it could be uh, icing, you know, whatever you're feeling sore, uh, wherever you're feeling sore. Or again, right, like having that proper nutrition after, uh, after, the, after a long run. Um, again, you know, with the running, we can't really keep our life on hold, right? And we also kind of ended up traveling a lot during um, all of the running seasons. So what we would try is, you know, kind of plan for the runs in between. It could be time or the means to do the runs. So be it identifying a local trail or a park, uh, you know, so that we don't have that excuse either, right? Like uh, be it time or be it the place. Uh, or get a hotel which has a gym where at least, you know, worst from worst, you can use the treadmill. So these are some of the things that, you know, you kind of, it, like I said, it's a learning process, right? You kind of um, uh, go through some of these things, but don't break the chain. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, these are beautiful points. So, you know, when I, when I think about summarizing the, all your views, right, the way I, I kind of do this is, first is you need to be 
very clear on what are the known issues that come to a typical runner's plate. And when I look at it, it's, I think you touched on all the broad spectrum of everything. One is something to do with kids that you have to do, like a responsibility that you have to do, and they are all time bound there. So it sort of sucks you into that. Second is something to do with your work travel, because that's a big amount of uh, like number of hours that goes by that you cannot avoid. You have to do that travel and that is exhausting. That is another thing I'm seeing. Third one I'm seeing is that it is like, uh, you know, some kind of a known health issue that is slowly brewing. You know that it is really like a, an example of plantar uh, example was given by Veena. I'm sure others had a knee, like a known issue that like, a, the you know, like knee uh, pain is slowly beginning. So internally head is saying, hey, maybe you should take a gap. You know, kind of a, <laughs> something is that you don't give into that is what Veena is basically trying to say. So that those are all sort of the, you know, I, I would say encompasses the typical issues. Uh, boredom probably is another one. Like, you know, boredom is slowly creeping in. You know, you know that. Meso cycle three, peak meso, it's looking at big numbers. And you're like, oh my God, I can't do this, man. Another 12 mile run, 11 mile run. How long can I do this thing alone? Um, so those are nicely, I think it covers the, the overall spectrum of things that are known plates. And then the way you guys are kind of the common theme across all of this in terms of your solution as I listen to it, is that be creative in your solution. Don't just accept it. Don't accept it and don't try to give your solution within the concept of context of what you have. You try to be creative, whether it is taking some fruits in the car so that you attack the energy level a dip that is happening by the time you finish your travel or some nice things so that you come in with a little bit of more energy. Whether it is thinking, oh, okay, I have to drop the kids, but there is a gym out there. Why don't you just take the items there and just do the gym there only? Just if if the God car, I mean, what, is it, what do they say? Like someone can't come to you, you go to them. I forget the, the proverb. Mountain there. and molehill. Mohammed. Yes, yes, yes. That's what Raghu has done that. Whether it is using the you know uh, uh, some for uh, using the so like you know when you were discussing i was remembering my old like how i was trying to beat this right so when my my old google days it was super hectic i used to come at like 11 o'clock in the night and it's i we didn't have any runner's eye or something no sort of parallel strava was not there no motivation i'm this only idiot running nobody else is running around me none of my friends everybody thought i'm a crazy guy and i am at uh, this is at 11 o'clock in the night in winter, so it's like dark, snowy, icy, and I'm tired and coming back. And I need to do the run. And it's not like I have a schedule. So it's not like, you know, there's so much motivation. So you can think of all the things that are against the inertia building item, where I can always say, man, I worked hard. I provided for my family. I have to go to sleep right now. I can easily feel good about myself. So I used to literally have this tagline that in the New Jersey Turnpike, I used to keep telling myself. And that tagline was, you are born to do this. You know, I keep on telling, you're born to do this, Bala, you're born to do this, you're born to do this, keep on saying. It became a mantra. This was like thinking outside the box a little bit, right? Which is attacking the core mental honor in which this inertia is building. And by the time I reached home, I felt like as if like, you know, the whole world is watching me doing something that I'm born to do. Like it's almost like the Messi coming and winning the World Cup. Nobody's watching me, but internally it felt. So I used to wear shoes, run alone at 12 o'clock in the night in icy conditions. And I felt great about myself. And I just realized it was because of me psyching myself out in my own small way, how to make this happen, make myself look like a hero to myself. 
that was like a, a, a trick that worked. The other thing that challenging the status quo that worked, but when time was not there, I literally convinced my manager to go for a run with me and do my one-on-ones with him. So me and my manager used to run in the west uh, east side of New York City, west side of New York City, Manhattan, and we do our one-on-ones and we are running. He also became fit. I also became fit. I finished my thing, and he we had. I mean, he's my best friend right now. It was like a, something that I don't know how it came up, but I challenged the status quo of not accepting work as a reason for not doing something. And I was trying to see how I can be creative in finding this, you know, bringing the run to the work, to the example of uh, when you were saying that that's what I remembered there ago, uh, that we can do these things. And nowadays in my role, I take client meetings, like every day I take client meetings on my run. And that is one way I challenge myself to do a CP run. Because if I truly run a CP, then I should have the guts to take a client meeting and have discussion with my client without the client knowing that I'm actually running. And 90% of the time I've been able to achieve that. So I I feel these are some very interesting anecdotes on how do you attack a known uh, red flag. And the bottom line of attacking that is first clearly identify the known red flag and then don't accept the status quo and try to solve for it with standard solutions. Be innovative and be creative in micro ways and you will be able to make it happen because you have made a decision that you want to get a fight auto. Now, one last point that I think it was it Suja or someone said is like, if you, let's go ahead, Suja. Yeah, I was just going to add, you said, you know, you had nobody to motivate you when you were running in those days, but today we have no, we don't have that excuse. We have a fantastic community Right. And that's where uh, you will introduce it, I think, for the new runners as the season goes. But we do something called humble brags. If you do something that was above and beyond what you thought possible, even it can be something simple as you had such a big, busy day, yet you went and finished your run or whatever. Right. Doesn't matter what it is. Post it in that runner's eye community or make sure in your run, at least you comment it out. So at least your coach notices. And when it's called out, you'll feel good about yourself. Right. And it's a pat on your back. And the next day that will push you to continue on. Yes, 100%. We'll launch this humble brag. Uh, probably by now you've already launched this. By the recording, you've already launched this. But humble brag is, is true. It's brag, but being humble, but you're bragging to a set of people who knows what it takes to do what you just now did. So it's not a brag. It's like we are identifying with your success kind of, uh, kind of uh, story there. That was great, guys. This is great uh, you know, sort of discussion uh, on this point. Let's go on to the third point which is unknown red flags that just fell into your lap. So, Jaya, why don't you get started this time? Where, yes. How did that happen for you? How did you manage it? Yeah, one of the things I think that invariably almost all of us have been through is COVID. I think at one point or another, we've all faced it. So uh, that was a hit. Like you couldn't do anything for a few days. But the way I got myself out of it is the first thing uh, is get out and try to at least walk, not go immediately start running or whatever, you know, after the initial whatever time you had to um, quarantine. Um, I stepped out for the required number of mileage, tried to see if I could walk. If I could walk it, then the next time I did the walk run. And that's how I slowly built back to where I was because respiratory issues, all so many things going on, right? You can't just jump right back into it and cause more problems. So that's how I think uh, that's one way that uh, I I, I figured uh, small steps in that direction. And then you within within a matter of a week, I was able to come back into the, you know, usual routine. 
So that is one. And the other thing that I've seen as being a coach and seeing, uh, you know, fellow runners, life happens, you know, very drastic things can happen in your life that throw, totally throws your plan off uh, Kelter. And that if that happens, the first reaction is, oh, my goodness, I cannot continue. This is it. I cannot do. But I usually try to uh, encourage the runners to stop, think, think about it. And then, uh, you know, uh, see what can happen. And invariably, they come back and say, I think I want to run. Because running gives me that me time, no matter what is going on in life. It gives me that time to spend and, you know, to clear your thoughts or even just, just going out there, fresh air, makes such a big difference. So maybe some of them had, like, you know, maybe, maybe on a half marathon plan and may have had to step down to a 10K or whatever. But I've had so many runners come back and say, running helped you know, get through a difficult time. Absolutely. So something to think about, you know, for unexpected things. Absolutely, you know, so true. Um, Sonali? Yeah, um, fortunately, I didn't have to deal with any major injuries per se, but definitely on several occasions, I've reached a point of total exhaustion. Um, one time I remember I managed to find a block of time during my work day to go and finish my run. It was nice and cloudy. Um, it was supposed to be a fart lake run basically, which are strides with CP runs, uh, CP run in between. Uh, but halfway through the run, the cloud cover just vanished. Um, the sun just beating down on me and it was getting very difficult to continue. Uh, I was well equipped with like a hat, plenty of water and all that. But the sheer heat was just getting to me and I didn't want to overdo it. So then I had to just improvise. Uh, I kind of improvised from fart legs to just plain strides, which meant, you know, I walked between the strides instead of running. I finished it. I finished that mileage. I came back and I informed, you know, Coach Watts about what I did. And he agreed that, you know, it was the right thing to do. Um, so uh, kind of, you know, I listened to my body and, you know, what had to be done. And basically it was like live troubleshooting at that time. A couple of times I did have, I did face logistical issues where um, I went uh, in the evening for a long run. I think I probably misjudged the sunset time. I was going to run around the lake. I was not even halfway done. It was, I think, about a run of eight miles or so. And it was starting to get dark. Everybody was, you know, leaving. And obviously, I didn't want to run alone and in the dark. Um, but, you know, so my other plan was basically run on the sidewalk of the road. I didn't, I didn't want to do that. But I said, okay, that's what I'll do. I ended up finding, uh, you know, a parking lot with some, you know, where my friends were there. So I just finished the rest of it in the parking lot. I felt like a hamster running around that small block. But at least I was, at the end of it, you know, I felt great about it. Okay, at least I got it done. So. There are folks who have done run like this inside the airport, folks. From one terminal to the other terminal. Some folks have run within their own bedroom and, you know, because it was raining or snow, whatever. I'm talking about kids, not even adults. Uh, so where there is a will, there is a run. <laughs> <That's all right>. <laughs> <laughs> so, what about you buddy any any other thoughts to add um i think it's beautifully covered between so far at least both uh, both of them covered so one thing i would like to add is <clears throat> uh, you know bring changes to your lifestyle i mean all these things right uh, for example um if, when you commute to work i usually don't take the subway i walk from the station to work uh, take the stairs. Uh, that helps, right? I mean, uh, it, it kind of brings all changes to your lifestyle. I mean, you may not sometimes, some days, you know, you're not able to do everything that it's as planned. But once you change the lifestyle around you, things will automatically get motivated. You would tend to do things that uh, 
for example, uh, I went to India recently in hot summer in Hyderabad. Um, I went to take care of my dad. And it was like 40 degrees. And I, I, my dad always used to say that, you know, why are you just staying in your room and putting AC? Do something outside of that. So I used to get up in the morning, six o'clock and go for a run uh, to just to feel good about it. So <clears throat> things, small things matter, I think. And awesome. Makes awesome. Makes sense. Nina? Yeah, again, uh, you know, all three of them have already covered like, you know, most of it and very beautifully. So my own personal experience has been like a couple of things which I have faced. Like sometimes I don't feel well, you know, my body's aching or something is bothering my headache or something. But what I do is like, okay, fine. I'm not feeling that great. Fine. I'll do something. So I just push myself. Just let's get, get out. Let's see what I can do, what I cannot do. And honestly, so many times it has been like, I felt better. Like, you know, I think with going, maybe I'll have one mile, I'll stop it and all I'll walk it up and, you know, combine it. But I have, you know, actually been able to complete it and yes. feel good about it and then come back so it's it's like it surprises but that's how it has been so yeah that's one and then the other is like i remember um once i was running for i think it was eight miles something and then six miles like somehow my body just was cramped and i don't know it was like badly my thighs couldn't move my legs were not moving and i never i never made any of my runs incomplete so I was almost giving up, but then I was okay. I'll, I walked and I you know, a little bit ran and I walked and somehow I finished my the other two miles. And then I was messaging my coach. I'm like, you know what? I think that's it. I don't think so. I'm capable. I cannot do beyond six miles. I think I'm giving up. He's like, don't worry. It must be just that day. And he's, he was right. And I mean, sometimes you just don't feel that great and you may not be able to do that beautifully. And you feel like, oh, that's it. That's that's my capacity. Maybe I'm growing old and that's it. You know, that's, uh, but I have seen that. And the next following week, it was 10 miles or something. And I, without any tiredness, I have completed. So yeah, sometimes it's like, you just, you know, get discouraged, but that, those are the days. Just don't, don't worry about <laughs> later on. Just finish right now what you had. But he like replied to me saying like, no, you finished it. That's awesome. Like you did not stop it. So I, I felt very good about like, though I did slow my six to eight miles, but I finished it. And that was like, you know, made me feel very good. Critical concept, buddy. Critical concept, Avina. This notion of this is not a binary game. It's not like just because you couldn't do 10 miles, that means you can't do anything. People have initially early days, people have that. Like, you know, when you are about to start a 10 mile and your body is paining, when you think of yourself as I have to do 10 mile run, body is like, no, sorry, this is too much. I can't do it today. Let's throw in a bucket load of inertia at that person so that, you know, they can just give beautiful reasons and just, you know, static. Immediately tell your body, no, 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 I don't want to do 10 miles. Let's just go out and do one mile. That's it. All you're telling your body, I want to do one mile. One mile will be much easier. If one, even one mile is difficult, just tell your body that I just want to get out. Just enjoy the atmosphere and come back. That's all I want to do. You do that. And when you're doing that, say, okay, let me just do point for mile. Literally fooling your mind. As you fool your mind, mind is slowly like, oh, shoot, I can do it, I can do it, I can do it. And then before you know, you're doing it. Because the concept of this binary, don't be zero one, like the same thing Sonali did. Okay, I couldn't do fart luck. That doesn't mean that I can't do the, the regular stride with the just walk. I can do that, you know, which is thousand times better than just cut it out. And then, you know, that run was not that, done in final search. And then eventually five out or not happen and you're not here. You know, so these are small micro techniques that needs to happen, adjustments that needs to happen to eventually get to that fight out row. 
And I want to end by one other point uh, of this one. I want to say about this very interesting mental mapping of this phytoid. It is like, you know, if you think about, uh, I know not, may, none of you maybe are not a smoker, but you know, I used to be a smoker before. And then for folks who used to smoke and left smoking, which is what I'm, you know, for 10 years I've stopped smoking. Now, the inertia or the, the what should I say, the, the body inertia or my ability to control my first cigarette, you know, after leaving smoking is very, very high, okay? So I will never touch the next cigarette, but the minute I finish the first cigarette, like by let's say I start off with the first cigarette, the inertia for my second cigarette is like just 90, only 10% of the inertia I had for the first cigarette. You know, similarly, the inertia for maintaining fight auto is once you are in the, in the streak of fight auto, you have a high inertia to maintain the fight auto. So you make use of that, uh, when I say inertia, the positive inertia I'm talking about. You maintain, use that inertia to continue that fight auto. The minute you miss one run and you become 4.75, very soon you are looking at four auto. Because now <laughs> that fight auto is, that, that momentum is gone. And so you are like, you know, should I have missed one? So let me miss another two. It's okay. Strength is not there. So that's why I'm saying it's awesome to be in fight auto. And you got to use the power of that fight auto to keep going that mental map to keep going. That's what I want to tell everyone here. When you are in MISO 1, it is imp important that you maintain fight auto in MISO 1. If you are in fight auto MISO 1, the probability of you hitting fight auto in MISO 2 is much higher. If you are, MISO 1 is 4.5, you are at 3.5 in MISO 2, 3 in MISO 3, and then you know you are, you are down the drain on that MISO. So that's why it's super important. So these guys, great example. They finished one, one season. They got the taste of fight auto. So they don't want to let it go. They will continue. They will, their inertia is now like Everest. To break fight auto, it's Everest. And uh, Suja, Sonali, Veena, and Raghu, if there is one thing I want you to take away from, it is that. Make use of that inertia continue for season after season after season, because you have it. Just like never touch that cigarette again, never break that fight auto again, just keep on going and then let's make that happen. And that's how I would end this podcast for everybody audience, get into the, that conveyor belt of fight auto. Once you get taste that juice, once you taste that nectar, it's very addictive and you will continue. You will make it happen. You will inspire yourself inspire your family, inspire everybody around you. And uh, that's, where, that's how amazing human beings exist. So thank you guys. One quick point. Uh, in this case, I think it's good to feel guilty because you start feeling guilty and you start performing well. Yes, totally. This, that's right, that positive inertia. This is like, I don't know what's the right word, the positive inertia, positive guilt. It's a great thing, go for it, be greedy. You know, be greedy, make sure that I want fight or two, you know, be anal. All the bad things that you normally say, I think in this uh, uh, spectrum, it's a right thing. And thanks. Thank you guys for inspiring and thank you for sharing your thoughts. Uh, I myself felt great uh, hearing how you got it. As I said, I have never been a fight or two in my life. And I would love to be a fight or two at least this season that I'm, uh, I am doing right now for myself. I hope I get that and then I'll come back to you and say that, yep, thanks to you guys, I got a fight out. Okay, thanks a lot, guys.
Take care. Thanks. Thank you. Good Thanks luck to all runners. Everyone. Thank you.